What is up, everybody? Welcome into Locked on Tigers. I am your host, Chris Castellani. It is Tuesday, July 21st. Thank you for tuning in. We do have some stuff to talk about today as baseball draws ever closer to beginning. We're only two days away from the first baseball games of 2023 days away from the Detroit Tigers starting their 2020 campaign. A little bit of news to discuss. There was an inner squad game yesterday. Two takeaways and it involves two pitchers on the team, one who will be on the major league roster in 2020 and one that most likely will not. I'll start off with the one that will be and that was Ivan Nova. He was dreadful yesterday, uh, barely made it through four innings, gave up eight earned runs. Now look, it's still summer camp technically, but we're pretty late in the game right now where if you're if you're still trying to make adjustments, it's a cause for concern. I never really gave my thoughts on the Ivan Nova deal because it was like a nothing deal. Like people were saying, "Oh, well man, you know, it's it's not it's not a terrible signing for a fifth starter." To me, that's like the most backhanded compliment ever. Like that that's like saying, "Oh, well, he'll be good for a bad starting pitcher. He'll do a good job of filling a rotation spot." That's like the most backhanded compliment in the world. That's why Ivan guys like Ivan Nova, honestly, and I, he hasn't even pitched a game in Detroit yet, so I, I don't want to be too angry at him, but guys like Ivan Nova are why things like the opener exist because the idea of having a bad starting pitcher in your rotation every fifth day is becoming an obsolete thing. Now, he's going to pitch here in Detroit and he'll be, you know, he'll follow along in the same suit that like Francisco Liriano did. You know, one of those guys, probably the occasional good start, might give you some innings here and there, but uh, isn't going to be anything special. I wasn't a huge fan of the signing because this is a pitch for contact guy and in a fly ball park, Sure, you know, that 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 makes some sense, but when you are a pitch-for-contact pitcher, and that's part of the reason why strikeout pitchers and, and power arms are so valuable, uh, you rely heavily on your defense, and this was a defense both infield and outfield a season ago that ranked amongst some of the worst in, in all of baseball, and so I feel like this is kind of a, a, a terrible pair here, matching up a pitch-for-contact guy in Ivan Nova with a, a bad defense, and I feel like it's going to be a recipe for disaster, but I've been proven wrong in the past, and there's really not much you can say right now. I just I, I was kind of surprised by the amount of people who were tweeting, oh my god, Ivan Nova is so bad, this is going to be a disaster. Yeah, he's, he's not that not that great of a pitcher. He'll, he'll be a serviceable fifth starter here in 2020, and not much else. Another guy I want to talk about that a lot of people, including myself, are excited about is Matt Manning. Now, I talked about him last week, but he pitched again yesterday, two innings, I think three hits, one earned run. Uh, Guys, I'm, man, I'm sorry to do this. I feel like I've been ragging on the guy a lot, but it's become a trend now. This is six or seven appearances dating back to spring training in which Matt Manning has flat out looked not good. I posted a tweet saying that to me, he still doesn't look like a major league pitcher. And I stand by that. What someone brought up in the comments, and I think he's right about this, is that Matt Manning still does not look particularly comfortable with his mechanics. Now he's cleaned up his mechanics. I've mentioned this several times that this was a guy when he came to Detroit was very much a a product. And I think in fairness, the Tigers have done an excellent job of, of taking him from a product and building him into what will hopefully be a very good major league pitcher. But I think there are still several serious issues with him. I think he's still incredibly raw. And when I watch him pitch, I, I'm i sorry, I don't see a major league pitcher yet. 
Yes, he has a great arm. And Matt Manning, I think, will be one of those guys, maybe not in 2020, but at least by 2021, one of those guys who will probably have nothing left to prove in the minor leagues because he has the stuff to blow guys away in the minor leagues. But the fact of the matter is, when I watch him pitch, this is a guy who still misses with a lot of fastballs. Yes, he's got a rock-solid curveball that I think is going to be a great put-away pitch for him. But if you're not locating your heater, your your off-speed stop essentially becomes obsolete because major league hitters are going to be sitting on it. I think he is a pitcher who absolutely will benefit from developing a changeup. I think that is an absolute necessity for him and something he really needs to look to do going forward. He was sent down to the, what, what do they call it, the taxi squad uh, here in 2020. Uh, I would lean towards him probably not getting the call up here in 2020, but you never know. Uh, I just, I got to bring it up because I, look, I say all the same stuff about Matt Manning. I know I've repeated myself probably a million times. Incredibly high ceiling, great stuff, yada, yada, yada. Several appearances now, he has not looked good. He hasn't looked comfortable. The fastball is fine, but it's extremely straight. Yes, great velocity, but especially in the major leagues, great velocity isn't isn't always a killer. Bruce Rondon had great velocity. A lot of guys have, have incredible heaters. You got to have great movement on your pitches. You need to be able to have good off-speed stuff. You need to be able to throw a wrinkle in there. And I think Matt Manning still needs to grow as a pitcher. And I've been roasted for that take several times before, and I'm sure I will again. But the the fact is, and maybe it is unfair to him, because I am comparing him to Casey Mize, who is about as seasoned a pitcher as you're going to find in the minor leagues right now. He's going to be called up very soon here. And when I see Mize pitch, I say that's a guy who's going to pitch in the major leagues real soon and will. And that's what I want to talk about right now, because the other news that came out was that the Tigers made a few roster moves. It was revealed Casey Mize will be sent down to the taxi squad so to speak, uh, as well as several other guys, Jake Rogers included in there, Spencer Torkelson included in there, Riley Green included in there, and a lot of people freaked out about this and said, oh, I can't believe it. Why aren't these guys starting at the major league level? Look, I'll I'll take it on a case-by-case basis, and I'll start with Mize. Look, guys, we're going to see Casey Mize here real soon, and Al Avila was pressed on it yesterday. I've talked about the whole service time issue. I think it was Anthony Fennick who flat out asked, is the sole reason why Casey Mize won't be starting the, the season Uh, on the major league roster because of service time. And he just said, no. And a lot of people were mad about that. But what do you want him to say? You want, do you really want him to say, oh yeah, absolutely. Because you know what happens then? Then you have a broken clubhouse and guys are going to say, oh, well, oh man, I guess, I I guess Avila's out for blood. If I screw up, then the the rookie's going to get called up. You're not going to do that. Okay. Yes. He's lying. Sometimes you need to lie. Sometimes the truth isn't good enough. Sometimes people deserve to have their faith rewarded. And this, to me, is one of those examples. And look, I I can't wait to see Casey Mize here. I think he's going to be great. But all they got to do is wait eight days. Now, do I think they'll be as cold as to go eight days and then immediately call him up? No, they'll give it some time. They'll wait for somebody to get injured, and then they'll give him the call up, and we'll do the whole song and dance with Casey Mize making his major league debut. But it would be absolutely ludicrous to waste a year of Casey Mize because of eight days in a non-competitive 60-game season. It would be insane. And I, I get, dude, I get it completely. I know people's patience is wearing thin. My patience is wearing thin. I want to see these guys. I don't want to watch terrible baseball forever. I want some excitement. But you have to, have to, have to understand it from a business standpoint. It makes no sense to start Casey Mize on the opening day roster in 2020. And don't and I'll I'll talk about Torkelson and Green. Look, I think especially with Riley Green, with the way he was performing in spring training and in summer camp, it got people kind of a warped idea that he was going to be starting the season on the major league roster. 
That's not going to happen, guys. Like, I look, he looks phenomenal. He's an incredible athlete. Well, way beyond where anyone thought he would be, even when he was drafted fifth overall. But he hasn't had a single at-bat in double-A yet. Now, if next year at this time, Riley Green isn't here, then yes, I'll be willing to have the argument that they've held on for too long, that he should be here. But this is a guy who's played like half a minor league season. He's 19 years old. And yes, we would love to see him. And I think he's going to be an excellent player. And yet, and much like Torkelson, I think if he got called up today, he would be fine. He'd be good. But our goal with these guys, they didn't draft these guys to be good. They drafted them to be superstars and all-stars. And they need a little bit more seasoning. They need some more time, whether it be in the taxi squad or next year in the minor leagues. And they will be here. And I completely understand. I'll say it again. I completely understand the impatience. We've had to endure some of the worst, most hopeless, most agonizing baseball ever over the last several years, and people are yearning for hope, especially when we've had an entire season, or at least 102 games worth of a season, ripped away from us in 2020. I completely understand it, but it simply, it doesn't make sense for these guys to start the season at the major league level, especially in a 60-game season. And I understand people are going to be mad to hear that. It is a simple matter of principle. It makes complete sense. And I, more than anyone, have ripped Alavila for his decisions. This is one I, I got to defend him here. It, it makes no sense to start Mize or, or Green or, or Torkelson at the major league level, especially when you have uh, these service time rules that affect these guys, mainly Casey Mize. It will be a whole lot easier and save them a whole lot more time to hold out for those eight plus days than give them the call up. I know that frustrates a lot of people, but it's, it's simply a fact. It's the way baseball is and has been for a long time. Okay, that's a long first segment. When I come back, I'm going to I'm going to humor people a bit here cuz I feel like that first segment was was a little bit bitter. But I'm going to go off into fantasy land here and play a fun little game and answer this question. What will it take for the Detroit Tigers to actually be good in 2020? I'll be right back answering that question. We're back. At the end of segment one, I talked about how in this segment, I was going to answer the question, what would it take for the Detroit Tigers to actually be good in 2020? And I'm going to answer that here now. Now, obviously, look, I could come on here and say, well, you need every guy to have a career year and all the pitchers need to be good and all the defenders need to improve. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to keep it centered around things that are relatively within the realm of possibility. Like, I could just say, well, Miggy needs to hit 20 homers. Like like, like I said, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to talk about things that are at least somewhat possible, if not mildly improbable. And I'm going to start with the main one. You will need Spencer Turnbull and Matt Boyd collectively to be two of the top 15 pitchers in the American League. Now, once again, not as, as outlandish as one may think, because you look at their numbers a season ago, both these guys had the same ERA through 60 games last year. Each had a 3.01 ERA through 60 games last season. That's pretty darn good. And I think both these guys look a lot better in spring. They've looked better in the summer. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that they put up some pretty gaudy numbers in a 60-game stretch. Here's where it gets a little bit more improbable. You will need one of two things to happen. You will need Michael Fulmer by the end of the season to be pitching 2016-2017 level Michael Fulmer baseball, or you will need to call up Casey Mize and he will immediately 
have to become one of the aces of this staff. Like, taking no lumps right away, plugged into the rotation, and being essentially like what Michael Fulmer was in 2016. Again, pretty outlandish, pretty out there, not impossible. Like, I think there is, what's the the line from Infinity War, like, out of 14 million potential options, it's, it's possible that something like that could happen. And I'm focusing a lot on the pitching because I think in general, the ceiling for this offense isn't particularly high. Like I think what the world has seen from CJ Crone the last several years is what we're going to see in 2020. I think in general, what the world has seen from Jonathan Scope over the last couple of years is what we're going to see in 2020. I think what we've seen from Nico Goodrum is what we're going to see in 2020. But you will need one guy, preferably one of the younger guys. So either Stewart, or Candelario, or Reyes, or Jones to have a full-on breakout season, like putting up borderline all-star numbers and just coming into their own before our very eyes. This one is probably the least likely option of the ones I just named because I, I could see some of those guys improving on what they did a season ago, especially someone like Jacoby Jones or Victor Reyes, who whose ceilings I don't think are particularly high, but had good campaigns in the latter part of 2019. I could see them improving on it, but that won't be enough. They'll need one of these guys to shock everyone and put up some big time numbers. Now, if there is one guy who I think has the possibility of at least coming close to reaching his ceiling, it would actually be Jamer. And I've talked about Jamer Candelario a fair amount, maybe not on this podcast, but he's been remarkably frustrating because he's a player with a lot of intangibles that I like. I like his athleticism. I think that he's developed a lot as a defender, saw more pitches per plate appearance than anyone else on this baseball team a season ago. And yet he like struggles so much with barreling pitches up. And you feel like there's so many things when you look at the pitches he takes, the pitches he swings at. This is a guy who should be putting up much better numbers than he is, and he hasn't. Now, he's had a pretty good summer camp, and Anthony Fennick reported that yesterday. Maybe he can return to being the player that we thought he was capable of being late 2017, early 2018. You will need Joe Jimenez to finally become that elite closer that many people thought he was going to end up becoming when he was in the minor leagues. Let's face it, and I like Joe Jimenez. I have no problem with Joe Jimenez. I hear a lot of Bruce Rondon comparisons. I think that's really unfair because I think Joe Jimenez's attitude is a million times better than Rondon's, a guy who essentially quit on his baseball team twice. Don't get me started on him. But I also think that Joe Jimenez's hype was massively overblown. Like, I think this idea that he was this guy down in the minor leagues who was throwing upper 90s cheddar and striking out everybody, well, the numbers were excellent. I don't think his stuff was ever as electric as people made it out to be. I think they kind of rushed him to the major leagues. I think they, he was getting a lot of pressure from the fan base to be called up because K-Rod was terrible in 2017, and Jimenez uh, was every bit as bad. He was awful in 2017, had a very good 2018 campaign, at least in the first half, made an all-star team. You know, probably didn't deserve it, but he made it, and good for him. And last year, I think, took a step back. Now, the stuff is still very good, but they will need him to essentially be what Shane Green was in the first half. The last thing I got to say is that this team will need to catch a lot of breaks. Now, look, last year's Tigers was were one of the worst baseball teams that's ever been assembled. But I will admit, 95% of the breaks that could have gone their way 
didn't. And that's that leads to a 114 loss season. Now they made their own luck very often, but there were those instances in which the ball didn't bounce their way. They would need a fair amount of luck just to get to a point where they are competitive. Now, if all of those things that I just mentioned happen, then you know what? Sure, the Tigers got a shot in 2020. And if you want to hold out hope for that, man, go ahead. I'm not going to begrudge anyone for cheering for this team. I know I was actively rooting for them to get the number one pick a season ago, and that's just because I'm me and I'm weird, but I I don't begrudge anyone for cheering for this team to win every game. You know, live in that world of of undeniable optimism. I kind of wish I could be like you, but I can't. All right, so that will do it for today's show. Thank you very much for listening. You can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014. That's at C-A-S-T-E-L-L-A-N-I-2-0-1-4. You can follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnTigers. If you have any questions for the mailbag segment, you can send them to this show's Gmail account, LockedOnTigers at gmail.com. And while you're at it, go to Apple Podcasts, go to iTunes. Let's leave a five-star review for this show. It would be much, much appreciated. I will be right back here tomorrow with another edition of this podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Have a great rest of your day, and go Tigers. It doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete, a stay-at-home parent, or you spend eight hours a day in an uncomfortable office chair. Everyone needs support to make it through the day. Luckily, our friends at CBDMD have an amazing duo that can help you relax, regroup, and recharge when life gets chaotic. CBD Freeze with Menthol is an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints in a convenient and easy-to-use roller or shareable squeeze tube. CBD Recover combines CBD with inflammation-fighting compounds like Arnica and vitamin B6 to give you the support you need where it matters most. And to make it even easier to try this amazing duo of topicals and everything else CBDMD has to offer, they're offering all our listeners 25% off your next order when you use the promo code LOCKEDONMLB at checkout. Once again, that's CBDMD.com, promo code LOCKEDONMLB for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD oil products from CBDMD.